Welcome to Being Professional English podcast, podcast number 67. Time adherence and company performance. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome everyone to this podcast, podcast 67, as I said, time adherence and company performance. It's Thursday evening. We're doing the um, podcast one day earlier than, than usual. So my new task management system is so effective, I'm actually doing it a day ahead of schedule. The truth of the matter is, I haven't suddenly become super effective. It's just that it's coming up to Easter holidays and uh, myself and my family are going away tomorrow on Friday when I would normally do the podcast. So I'm doing it today. Simple as that. Anyway, looking forward to this podcast. It's um, something which I've been faced with a lot of since I've been living in the Italian uh, country. Uh, with a very different culture. And as I discuss this, I'm going to give my point of view about the effect upon time adherence on uh, company performance. But it is in no way am I trying to point out the deficits of one country or one culture against the other. And I'm not trying to be politically correct here, because I think one of the things that I have noticed while being in Italy is that Italians as a race of people are one of the most creative in the world. Sometimes that creativity goes towards negative ways of being sly, for instance. But a lot of the time it goes towards creating innovative solutions to, to problems. And if you could enhance that within the sort of large gloves of a, of a more professional managerial class, or no more professional, more, more Anglo-Saxon, yes, more uh, disciplined managerial class, I think Italy could become something, from at least from a financial point of view, uh, quite incredible. In fact, if you took Italy and you, you, you plonked it in California... Within, within 10 years, it would be by far the richest state in America. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of that. So I've, I've had to encounter this connection between time adherence or the lack of it and company performance. And I wanted to share it with, with you guys and just to see what you think. So first of all, being Thursday evening, I've got my uh, glass of rum here which I'm going through. Also being Thursday evening, if you hear in the background my, my kids screaming, that's because they should be asleep by now because it's, what is it, 9.30 at night. But you never know. So I apologise for that if you hear screaming kids in the background. Let's start. This week's podcast includes three points. Three main points. The first one is, at some point, you must show your teeth, which is the issue of at what point in your career or at what point when someone continues not to do what you've asked them to do, 
do you, as a manager, start to show your teeth? Do you start to bite? How do you stop being nice, as it were, or forgiving? Second point is how time adherence affects everything that the company does. Completely my opinion of exactly where you see this effect and the sort of cascading effect throughout the whole company. And then lastly, as usual with BPIE uh, podcasts, how you can determine that culture or performance. So, at some point you must show your teeth. This podcast is primarily aimed at managers, people who have some sort of influence or authority within the company or over a group of people. Because if you are not a manager, you can still listen to this because one day hopefully you will be a manager and all of the studying you've done and preparation you've done with listening to to being professional in English and also all the other fantastic podcasts that are out there you will be a fantastic, super effective and very, um, what's the word, very uh, very successful manager. So if you're not a manager now, to keep listening. And it, this is very easy for you because my advice as regards to adhering to time and deadlines is simply you have to adhere to them. You, Your deliverables, the things that you are responsible for, you get them done, you get them done on time. It's simple. No matter what other people do around you. If you look around you at work and you see that people basically just don't give a damn about being on time or respecting deadlines. I know it's very hard, but try to ignore them. Try to make sure the work that you do is done within time and, and you know if you have some influence on this within budget. The reason being is not only because that is the right thing to do, but also because you will feel better about your about your time spent at work. And we spend a lot of time at work. We spend of our waking day, we spend about 45% of our waking hours at work. Because if you consider someone works five days a week, you have two days um, the weekend not working. I think it's about 45%. It's a lot of hours. And it would be a shame to be sad and unhappy. Got to be fulfilled. So one way to do it is to do whatever job you're doing, whatever your role is, to do it to the best of your your ability. And from that, you will get, you'll feel that you're progressing. And happiness, as a lot of people say, and I I, I must admit, I think there's a lot of truth in it. Tony Robbins says this a lot, is that happiness comes from feeling that you are progressing, getting closer towards your goal. Whether you reach it or not, it's a different matter, but you're progressing towards it is important. Turning back to managers, people who do have some sort of influence or authority in the company, there are two types of managers I'm going to talk to now. The, the ones who are beginning the role as a manager, either they've been promoted within their company or they've transferred companies and they are now a manager of a new group of people. And the managers who have been with this same group of people, same company for quite some time. With the first one, when you have a new ro- role in the company or new role at a, at a 
new company itself, you've moved jobs. I wasn't very clear that. When, when you start this role um, from new, it's very difficult for you to jump in and, as I said, show your teeth to try to get people to change. Um, because you can't jump in and immediately change things around unless, of course, you're talking about a turnaround. If the company is in, in, a, in a situation where it's going to fail, then you just jump in, you make very... Once you've understood why it's failing, of course, you make very strong and, uh, and very bold decisions and steps and you have to get people to do things and change. But unless it's a turnaround situation, you've got to let people see your character and competence slowly. Everything you do as a manager is going to be watched with binoculars. And so you need some time. That's why if you look at or listen to any of the guidance that one can get over the Internet regarding talking about pe people's performance daily or giving feedback, they all say that when you initiate in this particular technique, you begin just by giving positive feedback to people for quite a few weeks until they get used to that. And then you hit them also with uh, the negative feedback or the corrective feedback, which we've done a podcast on as well. If you just type in the website feedback, you can see it. All the advice says that you should uh, give the first podcast the first few weeks just to be positive and that's because you've got to be slow in terms of engaging in your your role as a manager because it's not about authority well I mean you know five percent four percent of it is about authority but the rest of it is about people wanting to be managed by you and that comes from them seeing your character and competence so you've got to be you've got to be slow uh, at doing this but at some point, of course, you, you've got to make people adhere to time. When I say adhere to time, I mean to, to, to do things in time. So arriving at meetings on time, finishing your work on time. I'm not talking about arriving at work at a certain hour because, you know, I don't really care. Certainly if you work for me, with me, for me, or I manage you, I should say, I don't really care when you come in and when you go. As long as your work gets done, I, I, I really don't care. And I'm sure a lot of pe other managers like that as well. If you're getting your, your work, people, your people are getting their work done, you can either increase their work, of course, so they spend more hours at work, or just be happy uh, where they are. I'm talking about being on time to meetings, being on time for presentations, being on time for deadlines of your work, and so on and so forth. And the thing is about this, when you work in an environment where people do not adhere to time, the funny thing is, is that everybody deep down knows that it makes sense to adhere to time. And I've thought at a great deal as to why, at least in my experience, Despite the fact that everyone knows that this is the right thing to do, why very few people do it? And the only, I don't know what exactly the answer to this is, but it's either that they've never been told by someone else that it's wrong, 
or they haven't been given a good role model to adhere to time, or it hasn't been policed by someone else. Because deep down, when I talk to people about this, deep down they, they, they readily and very quickly admit that it is the right thing to do. So as a manager, when you start to put your foot down and show your teeth, as it were, and, and make people aware that you expect them to adhere to time, it is quite low risk for you as a manager because, because everyone agrees with you. They may not agree with the way in which you do it, but the actual concept itself, they agree with. And this is wonderful if you are a manager where English is the second language, because what we're looking for is ways in which you can, you know, that there's a wonderful, um, so I'm going off a tangent here, but there's a wonderful book called The First 90 Days, which talks about the first, the first 90 days of a new job, be it in the same company, being promoted or in a different company and what you need to achieve in the first 90 days and what you're looking for in those first 90 days it's a fantastic book but I would recommend everyone to read it but summarizing one of the particular things is you're looking for low risk wins you're looking at things where you can get show that you're making some sort of progress that word progress again risking very low and this is one of the ways you can do it because everyone believes Everyone agrees with you that it would be better for people to do an adhere to time. And why does everyone agree? Well, I'm going to obviously be preaching to the converted here, but it's if you are on time to meetings and deadlines with your work and, and so on and so forth, you adhere to time, It's re you're showing respect for others. Because no one works in a silo and everyone's work that they do uh, depends on other groups or other people and you will be passing on your work to someone else. So everyone works in this chain. So you're respecting other people. You are going to be more effective. Forget about being more efficient. You are going to be more effective. It's also going to give a feeling in the company of more urgency. I did a podcast on this some time ago, and if you just go to the website again and put in urgency, you can you can see it. Whereas the, the sense, how to create the sense of urgency in the company, which doesn't mean like running scared, like a headless chicken, headless chicken expression, you cut the head off a chicken and it runs around, you know, flapping. I, I ask forgiveness for the people who are vegetarian out there, my listeners. Anyway, that's the expression, headless chicken. But you, there's a sense within the company that people are alive and they want urgently to get on with the strategy and get on with what is, is going on. Of course, that pre-presumes that the strategy has been communicated down, but let's assume that. So those reasons people know deep down that it's important, I think it is a very important determinant of the overall com company culture. I think it shows a great deal about what a company means when people within it either adhere to time or do not. I think it's a very simple analogy. If being late for meetings is accepted, for instance, then so is being late on projects, on CPQ turnarounds, so 
configure price and quote turnarounds on proposals to clients, similar sort of thing. If, if very basic day-to-day activities within the company, like meetings, like uh, projects, like telephone calls when you're supposed to make them, presentations when you're supposed to make them, and so on and so forth. When being late for those is accepted, it you in all my experience, in all the companies I've seen over all the years, it is a very good indication that everything else down the line is, is accepted when being late or, or even a lack of quality and, and, and so on and so forth. And when it comes to being late, what it means is the, the entire activity of the company slows down. If there is no need to respect deadlines, what happens is, and if, and I'm sure that people do, there's a, there's a wonderful podcast, series of podcasts, they've been going for, I don't know how many years, six or seven years, called Manager Tools and Career Tools. There, are, there are, um, was two guys, Mark and Mike, and it's now a lady as well who's joined them from the UK, two, two American guys and a lady from the UK called Wendy, if I remember correctly. And and they have a wonderful saying, which I I hope I don't mess this the way they the mess this up the way I say it. They'll kill me if I do. But they say, and by the way, if you get a chance, go and listen to Manager Tools. It's extremely good. Um, they say that if you don't respect deadlines, so you don't put deadlines as to what you're going to do, they don't restrict the time. Magically, the work you have will extend further. So. If you know that you have one hour to do the work, or one day, or one week, and you set the time, and you know you've got to respect that deadline, guess what? You do the work in that one hour. If you don't restrict the time, the work just expands to fill whatever time you've got. And that sort of mentality is rooted in a lack of respect for deadlines or a lack of adherence to time. So these very small things that particularly the higher level in a company do, there's a huge cascading effect down to what it means for the whole company culture and what I believe is the whole company performance. I mean, you show me an industry where there isn't deep competition and I'll send my CV there. Every industry in the world, every sector, there's tremendous competition. It's global most of the time. And if it's not global now, it's going to be global in a, in a little while. And so we all have to be as effective as possible and do more things in, in, in smaller amounts of time. And therefore... I think that the company culture and company performance are very highly linked towards this lack of adherence to time. But what can you do to, to determine it? What can you do to change it? I'm going to take a sip of my rum. Since I don't have a deadline to finish this podcast. Well, my deadline is the limit of your uh, tolerance of my, uh, of my voice. But you can always just pause me and come back <laughs> later. My poor wife can't do that. Okay, how can you how can you uh, affect this? 
because that's what we want to do. We want to change it, right? So you, you've agreed with me all the way through this podcast. Yes, Mark, that's, yeah, I completely agree with you, Kimberly. And we get to the, the crunch here. How can you do something about it? Well, again, if you're not a manager, it's very simple. You just be on time. You just do your work on time to the best of your ability and you're done, right? You're finished. But if you're a manager, in a sense, you're going, it's it's going to be a little political because if if the whole company culture has been allowed to tolerate a lack of time adherence and in your little silo, you start to make people aware that you expect them to respect deadlines it's going to be a little political and i'll tell you why it's going to be political because at the beginning people are going to call you you know a ball breaker or you know a pain or or, or so and so forth they're going to they're going to do that they probably will do that but very soon what will happen is you'll get a reputation within the company that all the best people in the company will want to work with you they will, because they want to work for a manager who expects the best from them. That's what the best people want to do. That's what they look for. They don't look to be in a place where they can sit back and basically do do 80% of what they're capable of. So it'll be a little bit political. But politics in companies, as we all know, is just about relationships. So you've, if you've built up the relationships with your peers, the other managers within at your level of the company and your bosses, then this shouldn't really be an issue to you. But as I, as, that's one of the reasons why at the beginning of this podcast I spoke about being a little bit slow or taking your time in, in, in introducing it. It's also why I think expecting people to, to adhere to time is a low-risk place to begin to show your competence as a marriage as a manager not your authority but your competence as a manager so how do you do it well there are very different people that you interact with when you're a manager there are people who work for you and there are people who do not work for you the people who do not work for you are clients suppliers your peers and your boss, obviously. But for everyone, for all, you can use a very, very simple technique in in that whenever you're talking about something, some deliverable, you ask the other person their estimate of the deadline when they think they'll be able to get it to you. That's the exception, I think, of your boss. But we'll come to your boss in a moment. But for people who work for you, for clients, for suppliers and for peers, you can definitely ask them very easily what is their expectation of the deadline. If you do that, of course, you're going to get uh, more of a buy-in by those people to that deadline because it's a deadline that they've chosen. With the people that work with you, once you have the deadline... And, you know, if, if, it's, if it's a long project, you're going to split it down to milestones and you're going to be talking to the people during those milestones and, and, and so on and so forth. But if it's not a, a huge project, what you can use is, is a very commonplace feedback techniques to adjust people 
on their way to time adherence. If people work for you, and we've and there are lots of guide. There's lot. There is lots of guidance on the internet for how to give feedback. I've done a couple of podcasts myself. You just type into my website feedback, and it'll come through. It talks about how you daily talk to your people about their performance. And you can use this to adjust people to get them closer to their agreeing or respecting their deadline. And it'll be very simple. It'll be something like this. John, when you're a day late on giving me this document that you agreed to give me, do you know what happens? I start to worry that you're not taking this this role seriously and I'd like you to change it, please. Okay, very simple. And there's lots of guidance on the internet and I've done about doing that. So use the feedback model to, to adjust people to get them to adhere to their time, their deadline, sorry. People who don't work for you, what you can use is... I, that I find very useful is a follow-up email. Whenever you talk to a client or supplier... Uh, or, or some of your peers in a meeting and so on, you can send an email which summarises what was discussed and deliverables in that particular meeting. And let's hope, of course, that in the meeting, what was left of the meeting you had, or there were some deliverables, otherwise the meeting was a complete bloody waste of time. So let's hope you have something to write about. But if you do that, then you're putting in writing what has been agreed in the meeting, or in discussion, and that acts as a way to a public pressure for be people to adhere to time. And it's a very soft pressure because it's not you doing it, you're just writing down on it in the email what was already discussed by you and the other people and the other people that were present participating for the deliverables. And that, that does very, very help. Because it's a bit difficult, of course, for you to give feedback to a client. If a client's late on giving you um, an answer to a proposal, for instance, I mean, there are some te- techniques, and maybe I should do a series on, uh, on sales techniques, which I haven't done so far, that you can use. But really, feedback is not one of them. It's, 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 it's difficult, I admit it. You Most of the time, you just have to swallow and take it. With suppliers, which of course you are the client to them, you can use this follow-up email technique, which I think works uh, very well. Or, you know, you can you can call them up and say, "Look, I had in my diary that today you're going to call me about the the latest product, new product you've got." Was I mistaken? You do it in a very humble way to remind people of what they've agreed to do. And yes, you could say, "Why the hell should I?" waste my time trying to follow up on what these people are doing. You know, you can say to me, Mark, I sort of get it when you're talking about people who work for me, because if they become better, that is better for me. But I don't really see it when I talk when you're talking about suppliers. Well, I don't, I don't see that in, a, in, a, in the same way. I think suppliers, I truly believe in this, this old fashioned idea of suppliers being partners to you. And if you can help them to improve, and for them to learn more about how you work and what you expect, then in the future, that relationship will give you back a great deal of benefit. 
So I think with suppliers you can do it. With peers you can do it with a, 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 for, a type of feedback, which again is well discussed by me and others, where you just don't ask people to, to change. You just point out the fact that when you do this, when you're late on this project, it puts us all behind as well, makes us all slower. And that's it. You don't ask your peer to change. You just point out that he or she what they are doing not adhering to dime has consequences for other people with your boss if your boss is one of those who do not adhere to time whatsoever the only bit of advice i can give you there is change jobs change jobs um because well i mean that's a bit that's a bit harsh but Really, you, you ought to think about changing jobs. Go to work for someone who does want you to adhere to what you say. I mean, what's that? I, I, my word is my bond. My father, who's complete pain, said a couple of things to me that were useful, one of which I can't tell you over a public, uh, non-explicit podcast. The other one said to me, Mark, doesn't matter whether you're rich or whether you're poor. The thing that goes through... Your life is your word. If you give your word, if you shake hands on something, you follow it through. And if you can't, you damn well make sure you tell the person before. Now, he was talking about lots of things. He wasn't talking about work here. He was talking mainly about personal life. But it's absolutely right. So if you're working for somebody who doesn't really care about that, doesn't matter about that, look for another job. I hope you found this podcast interesting. I hope you've learnt, well, not learnt, but I hope some of it really has clicked with you and you think, oh, yeah, you know, mm, yeah, I can see that. I hope you, if you're a manager, you can try to use some of these techniques or at least start to look for guidance on these type of techniques. Once you recognise that there is a connection between a lack of time or time adherence in a company and the company performance or your group's performance, I think you're well on the way to making those changes. And thank you for listening. Thank you for everyone who's writes to me and, and calls me recently with this, um, me being more regular with my podcast. I really enjoy talking to you guys. When I have the time to help you with some of your requests, I do. I try to stay, stick to the dead, <laughs> to the deadline of when I do it. Thank well, thank you very much for um, for even asking me. It's a joy. It's a real joy and an honour to for people to ask you stuff and for me to try and help them. So thanks again for listening, and I uh, speak to you again very very soon. Bye bye. <laughs>